So, hallelujah. I'm going to tell you about the banner and all that stuff in just a little while. So, but hey, let's stand up tonight. We're going to pray and we're going to do some worship and we're going to do a few other, other things. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you that we, number one, get to be in your presence, God. Well, it's always an honor to, to say that I am in the presence of God. Because that's the very reason you, you sent Jesus to die and you allowed him to die is that we may have a relationship with you. Because you so desire to be with us. So tonight, Father, I thank you that you're here. And I know where two or more are gathered, you are in their midst. So I know you're here. And Lord, I ask that you would just have your way in this place tonight. Lord, I know there, there are people online that they need a touch tonight. There are people here that need a touch tonight, Father. And I just thank you that you have been already ministering to your people. So have your way in this service, Holy Spirit. We just say, be free in this place in Jesus' name. Come on, shout an amen with me tonight.
Can you say that tonight? Hey, you know, I was reading in my Bible the other day, and it said, God, in my Bible, said I'm his favorite. So I'm just telling you all now. So we used to have our guitar player in our worship team. And said, God said, I'm his fra- favorite, Nana. And, you know, so we were just like, no, no, my Bible says I'm his favorite. So it's one of those things you all got to get used to, man. God loves me more. Got to get you all smiling a little bit.
feel like dancing It's foolishness I know But when the world has seen the light They will dance with Come on, do it one more time I can feel it now And oh, I feel like dancing It's foolishness I know Sorry, Lord, for the fear. 
about you. It's all about you, Give him some praise tonight. Come on, is it all about him? Hallelujah. Hey, turn and tell somebody it's all about him. Amen. It's all about Jesus. It's always been about Jesus. It's always been about him. Amen. Hallelujah. Grab my stuff real quick. Hey, so before we go into teaching tonight, we're going to do one more thing, if we can do that. Can we be sporadic? Oh, we're not sporadic. Spontaneous is the word. Spontaneous. I want us to, to spend a moment praying, if you can do that. Can, can you all zoom the camera all the way out? All the way out. And, and I want us to, to stand up, and, and we're going to face the camera. And I want as many people as I can to, to look at the camera, because... We're going to pray for a person that is in a foreign country that, that reached out to me today and needed prayer. And you know what? So if y'all can even move around so that, that we can, can see. If you can't see yourself there, you can't see. And I want this person to see that we're praying for them because they're supposed to be watching, but they're in a, another country right now, and they've been struggling. And I told them we're going to pray for them tonight. Amen? If, if, listen, if they're going to call all the way from a foreign country, yeah, see that? So I'm not going to say his name or where he's at or anything like that, but we're just going to raise our hands up, and we're going to tell them that we are praying for them, and we're believing in them. Amen? So, Father, we thank you that you were even there in their home right now. Lord, you know the struggle they've been going through, the torment that's been coming against them. I speak against it in the name of Jesus Christ, and I release freedom and peace into that home. You spirit, I command you to leave and stay away from them. And I speak peace right now over him and his wife in this home. All ties we cut right now in the name of Jesus. All ties. Whatever the enemy is bringing against them, I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. And I release the angels to minister to them. And the angels that are fighting on their behalf right now. Holy Spirit, have your way in that home. 
Lord, and I speak to their minds that, that had been tormented by the enemy, and I speak peace, single-mindedness right now. The mind of Christ I release right now to them in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you that you are doing this work even right now, Father. Because you said whatever we ask shall be done. Whatever we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And we know that you are taking care of this situation right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, shout an amen with me tonight. Amen. amen. Hallelujah. Well, you can try to be seated. Huh? Mother is back home. Amen. Yeah, my mom is back home. They said she was doing too good. They wouldn't keep her in rehab anymore. That's her way of getting back to her couch. And her puppy dog. And her puppy dog. <laughs> Actually, I'm not sure if it was my stepdad that wanted her home so he didn't have to go back and forth because he feeds the dog ice cream and everything else. But that's Bluebell, only one the dog will eat. That dog is spoiled. I think the ice cream is for him. He blames it on the dog. But that's just my opinion. That is my opinion. That is my opinion. So before we get too much further in here, too, you see this sign over here. It says Revival Sunday, 6 p.m. live worship. That is actually the, the banner that is going to be put outside the church up in Bentley. Uh, that way we can, we can begin to uh, tell people that we're doing this. We had six visitors Sunday. That's pretty amazing when there was like four people when we first got there. Uh, so praise God, people are beginning to hear. And so tonight before you leave here, I want you to put your hand on it and just pray for that banner because it's going to be sitting out next to the road that it will draw people that need Christ. Amen. Uh, I love revival, but what I don't like is uh, people that only come because they heard something's going on and they're, you know, they really go somewhere else, you know, and, and we need some lost souls. We need some lost souls. I don't mind people coming in that don't have a church you know, or have moved, God's moved them and all, but we need some lost souls, guys, and, and that's what we're praying for. Revival is all about reviving an area where the lost souls are coming in, and uh, so we're, we're praying for that and believing, amen. Uh, don't forget also, okay, so let me say the date on this. The piano recital is May the 16th. I had somebody think it was this Sunday, and they're like, I'm going to be out of town, but I'd really love to help. I said, well, praise God, because it's not this weekend, so you can help then. Just make plans. <laughs> oh, okay. And so May the 16th is the piano recital, uh, and so we're going to need people to just love on people as they come in, really. We have people that are willing to fog. We have all that, and you know what? It's just we're going to have a lot of people that, that may not go to church at all, and we just want to love on them and tell them how much we're appreciative that they're here. That's it. We want to love on them. Invite them back Sunday. See, there's an ulterior motive to everything. Invite them back Wednesday and the following Sunday. And so we're going to just love on people. That's what we need. That's what we need. So uh, we're going to do all of that. But before all of that, mm -hmm, uh, I need you all to get your Bibles back out to Romans chapter 8. Remember we started last week on Romans chapter 8? Remember that? Verse 14 through 17. And uh, we're, we're going to be talking about that again. So you go ahead and show that scripture there. It says, The mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. Last week we talked about the, what maturity was. So we understand what a mature Christian looks like. It's not a person that carries their Bible right. It's not a person that wears the right clothes. It's not a person that talks right or wears the WWJDs. Or even has been in church a long time. There, there is... A maturity that needs to happen. And then those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about the impulses tonight. Okay, and so we're going to go on and read the rest of uh, our, our text, though. Verse 15. And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty, leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. That's religious duty. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance and folding you into the family of God. Go ahead. And you will never feel orphaned, for he rises up within us, or our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved Father, Abba, Father. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us. As he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. Look at that. He is speaking into our spirits. And since we are his true children, we qualify to share all his treasures. We indeed, we are heirs of God himself, and since we are joined to Christ, we also inherit all that he is and all that he has. Come on now. We will experience God 
co-glorified with him, provided that we accept his sufferings as our own. So listen, we are heirs and joint heirs. And there's no lawyer going to keep you away from what's yours. The, the will will not be contested. It has already been settled. Come on. And, and, and the New Testament is the, the new will and testament of our brother, our, our joint heir and heir. The New Testament is the, the final will and testament of Jesus Christ, and it tells you everything that you've got. Oh, and by the way, the Old Testament tells you what you've got, too. And nobody is going to contest it in court. The devil's already tried to do that. And guess what happened? He lost. <laughs> the judge told him, get up out of here. I love it when, when he goes up. You know, I just I, I have this picture in my mind of, of, you know, growing up around police officers and, and going to the court and watching some of that stuff. I, I have this, you know, here's the devil over here, and he's, he's the prosecutor, and he's just like, well, well Father, well, God, he did this. I don't see that he ever did this. And, and, you know, Jesus, objection. There's no proof. Open the books of everything everybody's done. No, all I see is blood. It's been washed. I can only imagine that, that he's constantly bringing everything you've ever done. And objection. <laughs> There's no proof. Objection. I just, I get this mental image of that. But tonight I want us to talk about impulses. Because it says that there are those that are, what, moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. I have some things I want to read that I found, and, and I want us to spend some time talking. Because, you know, this is a difficult subject. How to know when you're, when you're following the leading of the Holy Spirit, honestly. This can be a very difficult subject. But listen to this. How many times do we live by our own impulses? If we would fine-tune our ear to God in every decision all day long and be listening for his leading and direction, we would continually be moved by his impulses. This is by Esther Van Rensburg. His impulses will lead you to pick up the phone and call someone with an encouraging scripture. Hmm. This is the impulse when you reach out to pray the prayer of faith with a friend or the impulse to pick up your Bible and read it rather than to go on Facebook. I want to, I want to live by the impulses of the Holy Spirit at all times and not the impulses of my flesh. When we look around us today, we see how people are controlled by their impulses. Let us be so yielded to the Lord that we only follow his impulses. And then she has a prayer. Father God, I thank you. I live by the impulses of the Holy Spirit, not by my own. With this thought in mind, I want us to look at the difference of being led by your impulse and led by the Holy Spirit's impulse. So this is the part of the study where you get to say something. What do you think it's like to be led by the impulses of the Holy Spirit? How do you know? Let me say it like that. When it's the Holy Spirit. How do you know? Anybody? How do you know? One way is when it lines up with the Word of God. But, but that's but, not easy. Right. It's difficult at times. Right? And so, so just, just to throw this out to you. Something I learned when I first got saved is this. The devil will never, ever want you to tell somebody they're going to make it. He'll never want you to encourage anybody. He never wants you to tell them anything that may help them through a situation. He's never going to tell you to say, God loves you. Right? He's, he's not going to do those things. So if you're feeling that way, is that God or is that you? It still could be one or the other. But I was reading this, this person, Raisa Petruski, and actually I was reading a Chinese writer uh, from a Chinese church that wrote some things. I was just kind of going out seeing what people thought about this, being led by the impulses, getting, just see what other people put. And they both kind of said this. If, if a thought comes to you, and I'll call it a thought at this point, right? Because we call them thoughts, these impulses. 
if it comes to you, right, like you need to come over here and pray for them. And all of a sudden, it just, you, you, you no, I'm not going to do that. And you just kind of, well, I'm just going to worship a little harder. And it goes away. That may have been that you knew something about their situation and you wanted to pray with them. But what one of them said was, is, you know, remember Jeremiah, it's like fire shut up in my bones. So all of a sudden it's, Deborah, you need to go pray with so-and-so. Well, I ain't going to do that. I'm going to worship a little bit. Man, I can't get rid of that. That's probably the Holy Ghost. Because number one, Deborah doesn't just really want to go pray with this person. And I'm just using you. I know you would pray for people because I know she has. I'm just using her as an example because we were picking at Beverly and Mike earlier today. So, but, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't want to leave you. Right? So, so chances are that's Holy Ghost. Right? Chances are that's Holy Ghost. Because the difficulty is, is you see that person on their knees and you know what they're struggling with. You may want to pray for that situation. Now, here's just a throw-out question. Is it bad to go pray for them anyways? But then why don't we do it? I don't know if that's God. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares if it's God or not? But, but if you can't get rid of it, I can tell you, it's, it's pretty sure it's the Holy Ghost. It really is. Let me read this story to you. I, I'm going to read a couple stories to you because I'm trying to prime that pump of discussion. Because what I want you to do is, is you talk about how you feel some of the impulses and maybe somebody else has. Because it is a difficult subject, guys. Listen to what this person says. I was recently on a mission trip with Compassion to Action to Virginia Beach. One day we were going on evangelism, doing evangelism on the boardwalk. As we walked, I saw a couple up ahead of me who were both walking with canes. Canes. I felt a small nudge inside of me to run after them. Okay? I felt a small nudge. My team member stopped and said she felt like she needed to talk to someone who had just passed behind us. And she turned around. In that moment, I had the decision to follow her or follow the small impulse. After hesitating for a second, I thought of running after the couple up ahead of me who had turned the corner and were walking away down a side road. I caught up to them right before they entered the doors to their hotel. I introduced myself and asked if I could pray for them to be healed. At this point, another team member caught up to us and she prayed for the woman's hip while I prayed for the man's knee. At the same time, Jesus healed both of them. Their pain first went down about halfway, and then after praying a second time, their pain was completely gone. We continued to encourage them how much God loves them and spoke words of life and destiny over them. The woman began weeping, telling us that we had no idea how powerful our words were. She got out her phone and showed us a picture of the bedside table covered in pill bottles. She told us that just the night before, she had gotten out all of her pills in order to take her life. However, she had made it through the night, and the next morning, the Lord sent us to pray for her. Now, here's, here's the serious question, number one, and we're going to talk about the other half. Who cares? Just go pray for them. Right? We don't know the other half of this. But, but we want to move beyond that tonight to know if it is Holy Spirit speaking to us or not. If that thing doesn't want to leave you, it's probably the Holy Spirit. And if it's a situation that comes up that God told us we have authority over, pray for it. Pray against it. Because God wants you to speak. That's why he gave you authority. That's what we talked about Sunday. You have authority. Speak over those situations. That's what we did here just a few minutes ago. Speaking over a situation. Speaking over things that, that people are going up against. And you know what? Who knows what will happen? Who knows? Maybe they'll be healed. Right? So what's some other ways? Tell me some impulses that, that, that are difficult. That you may not know if it's the Holy Spirit or not. Anybody? Mm -hmm. Okay. I was waiting for Beverly to come out of the uh, hospital and had some gas, and, and uh, I, you know, I'm just sitting there listening to the radio, 
And uh, the guy comes up to the window, and uh, he says, man, can you give me a ride? And I looked at him, and I said, because little marks in his arm, a, rib, a, a man like he had been in the hospital before. And uh, I, I, I was, he said, I, I'm okay. I'm not going to do anything. I, I just need a ride to a certain place to the gift station that we actually pay a dollar for. I kind of looked at him and I went on to him. But I said, well, look, I've got to pick up my wife and, and uh, then, then we're going to leave and go. And uh, he left. I mean, he stayed. And uh, I went and picked up Beverly. He came with me in the car, got him to get in. And we brought him out. But I was, uh, you know, that was just the leading of the Holy Ghost. And then I asked him, I said, do you know Jesus? He says, yes, I do. And so I kind of looked at him and I said, well, that, that was good. That's a difficult situation, isn't it? It is. It's a very difficult situation because, number one, should I pick somebody up like that, right? And that's always a, a safety concern, especially for a young lady. I always tell young ladies, you know, number one, I don't believe God's going to tell you to pick up a guy by yourself. I just, I, I, you know, come on. In today's times, you know, you better be on fire and you can see the flames come out your fingers because we need to have wisdom, Right. And even I do that when I see people that need rides and things. I, I pray about it. But if I feel the Lord is prompting me, I'll go back and talk to him. I'll go back and talk to him. See, following the impulses of the Holy Spirit can sometimes be just like us. And we see in the scriptures where, where people uh, are acting like, like there's some, there's some scriptures of the Old Testament prophets that were saying, thus saith the Lord. And then there was another prophet that was sent to them and they judged them. But how many scriptures do we have that really teach us about following the voice of the Lord? We have we have some, but the practicality of it, right? That's that's the more difficult part is the practicality of it of how do you really put it in? Peter, right? One, before I get to that, one of the other things that the Chinese writer said was this: the Holy Spirit is going to preemptively tell you about something, not just tell you what happened. He's going to tell you about it before it happens. Like, go pray with so-and-so. Like, you know, go, go pray for Sue. Well, I feel I need to pray for Sue today. Let me text her. Hey, I'm praying for you today. That preemptively. Okay? Not, oh, I heard Sue is going through something. Let me pray for her. You see the difference? Because here's the thing. God knew what Sue was going to go through and that she was going to need the prayer. Peter is an example of that. God said, go to Cornelius' house. Not he shows up at Cornelius' house because he was passing by, right? He told him he was going there. The Holy Spirit is going to tell you about something before it happens. That's an impulse. So we need to be sensitive to those things. We need to be sensitive to that because we don't know what they're going through. And, and there's story after story. We, we know them. There's story after story of those kind of things. You know, I, years ago, there was standing at a gas pump, and I felt I needed to buy this guy's gas. And I was like, Lord, I barely got enough money for my own gas. And I kept feeling it, and it wouldn't go away. So number one, it's not that I had a bunch of money. Number two, I didn't want to do it, but it wouldn't go away. Right? And so the guy walks in the store, and now I'm chasing him. Some of you have heard this story before, but it's perfect for the situation. Now I'm inside the store, and there's a person in there that doesn't speak a lot of English, and I'm trying to get him to refund his money to him because I got to pay for the gas. And he's like, mm. -mm. And, and, and so now the guy's like, man, what's going on? I said, man, God told me to pay for your gas, and I didn't. I got to pay for your gas. And he starts laughing. I'm like, this is not, I'm not liking this, you know. So we go outside, and he talks to me. He says, listen, man, I was leaving church, and pastor came up to me and said, hey, here's my credit card. Go fill up your car. God knew I was going to end up missing that one, but he was teaching me a lesson that I could have been a part of that blessing, but he wasn't going to let him go without. <laughs> I don't think I've ever done that again. If I even think God wants me to buy somebody's gas, I'm, I, I move your card, we're going to fight. Just how did I do that? Number one, I listened, but did I get it right? No. 
but did I get it right the next time? I hope so. You see, sometimes we just need to allow our ears, and that's part of our other scriptures as we go down, allow ourselves to listen to God and make some mistakes. But if you never step out, you're never going to know. Let me read another story with you. Watch this. Listen to this. This is what the guy said. Afterward, I tried to figure out if it was my impulse to run after them because I saw them walking with canes or if it was a prompting of the Holy Spirit. Then I felt the Lord speak to me and remind me that I am one of his. Since I have made, been made one with Christ, his impulses have become my impulses. Right? He has given me the mind, his mind, and has given me his heart. Could it be that God didn't shout at me to run after that couple because he actually trusted that if he put them in my line of sight, it would be enough for me to respond? How many of us don't respond because we're busy or we question if it's God? Hmm. Could it be that God actually trusts us to respond to situations with his heart way more than we realize he does? Acts 17, 28, for in him we live and move and have our beings. We overthink things. It, it is, I was, I was telling somebody, it is a lot easier for me to stand here and pray for somebody I do not know and hear the voice of God for them. It is. It is a lot easier for me to, to, to hear the voice of God for a word for them when I do not know what they're going through. You know Why? Because I still struggle with, is that my knowledge or not? But you know something your pastor has learned to do? I speak it out anyways. Life and death are in the power of my tongue. And if I can speak life over your situation, even if I know what it is, even if I know what it is. Now, through the years, I, I have learned to really, I, I can, most of the time I'll say I tell the difference because I don't think I have arrived on that at all. You don't know what life you're speaking into a situation. Like, like the gentleman that called me today. Out of the blue. Called. I'll tell you all more about his situation later. But just, just called. I could have sent it to voicemail. I could have not listened to it at all. But you know what? I listened to him. And we prayed for him tonight. And I believe that it's changing. Right? It's, it's changing a life. It's just like people I come across all the time. I, you just take a moment and you listen. You never know. Let me tell you this one more story, and then we're going to let you talk a little bit more. Smith's Wigglesworth. Anybody know who that is? Great minister. Great revivalist. Now, before we get, you know that he raised his wife from the dead, and she fussed at him? <laughs> she did. Yeah, she, she actually died in the door of the church, and he raised her from the dead, and then they went down to the uh, basement, and she said, don't you ever do that again. You let me go to Jesus. She actually fussed at him. It's in a book. The great revivalist Smith Wigglesworth said, at the slightest whisper of the Holy Spirit, I turn aside and obey. There was one day that Smith was walking through a neighborhood when he felt an impulse to go up to a house door and shout through the mail slot, Jesus loves you. How many of us would do that? <laughs> That's exactly what I thought of, Barbara. I may actually get shot at. But this was a different time. So today God would do it differently because he understands what the situation is, right? It's, you know, how many of us would actually do that? Probably most of us. Most of us would probably sit there and say, that's not God. That is just wacko. That is wacko. How many of us? Yeah, we, we struggle with that. Let me finish telling you the story, then I'll, I'll tell you something else. He did it, and then he kept walking. Moments later, a man came running out of the house after him. This man was just about to hang himself in the house when he heard someone yell, Jesus loves you, through the door. When Smith Wigglesworth followed the impulse of the Holy Spirit, God saved a man from committing suicide. What most of us would have dismissed as being crazy teenage pranks saved a man's life. Mm-hmm. 
There are ways to tell that I'm going to teach you this part. I'm not going through a bunch of scriptures tonight because most of us in here have heard the scriptures. We just fail to truly understand how to apply them because they talk about a different time. Years ago, God told me to, I felt God told me a certain date that I was supposed to go somewhere, a city, and an address. So we packed up our kids in the car seats. We made some sandwiches because we had no money for no road trip. But the gas we had in the car, and we went on a road trip anyways. And I went from church to church asking, hey, do y'all know anything about this? And just asking pastors and, and trying, to, trying to work through what I had heard, what I thought I heard from the Lord. Can I tell you that I was not greeted with the most encouraging things from those pastors? Brother, I think you ate too much pizza last night. So I looked at him and said, well, pastor, I didn't have pizza last night. Thank you. <laughs> and I walked out the door because that's what I got. And there was a lake in the city. So we went over by the lake and I said, God, I, I've got to figure this out. I've got to figure this out with my analytical mind. And so I went and prayed next to the lake and I began to look. You know, I would have probably never thought of this city. That was probably a God thing. I could have made up the numbers. I'm going to throw them over there. There's no way I would have ever came up with that name, but let's put that one in the middle. And I began to throw things visually that I said, there's no way I would have ever thought of this. Possibly. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? And I went down the list. And I said, you know what? So I believe we're in the right city on the right date. And you know what? When we went by this one church, when they told me there was going to be a missionary there tonight, I felt something. I said, Wendy, we're going to go listen to this missionary tonight. And you know what? We went and listened to that missionary that night. And we were so blessed because that missionary was preaching on faith. And she told the story of, of the uh, pantyhose, or the stockings, actually. That she was, uh, her or her grandmother, I can't remember, you know, back in World War II, had really wanted some, some leggings or something like this and had been praying and praying and praying and got a set in the, in the mail. It was really weird, and, and it was just, you know, the Holy Ghost. And, and it really encouraged me, and it's like, you know what? I needed that faith boost tonight. But here was the thing. I had to at least start the journey. If I would have never started the journey, I would have never got that faith boost that I needed in my life at that time. Would have never got it. Did I get part of it wrong? Yeah. Because that church was not named that. But I was in the right city at the right time. But what that did, though, is it encouraged me to say, you know what? I can hear from God. Maybe I do get a little bit of it wrong, but I can hear from God. And when I, when I went before those pastors, again, it was one more encouragement to me to say, you know what? No, you're not going to squash what I heard. I know what I heard. I know what I heard. That's where we have to get. That's where we have to get. Because... Too many times we allow people and things to, to stop the words that we think we hear. I know what God has spoken to me, and I know what God has called me to do. I, I know these. Listen, God has told me things that I have yet to see come to pass, but I know they're him as crazy as they are. Why? Because I've learned to listen to him in the simple things like, Go by Walmart on your way home today. I do not want to go by Walmart on my way home today. That's definitely God. Man, what do I got to go do now? <laughs> it couldn't be, hey, go stop by McDonald's and get you a McRib. That would have been my tummy, though. That would not have been God. I know that because I love the McRibs. I'd eat them breakfast, lunch, and dinner while they're out. I, honestly, I have a McRib app. I can find McRibs when they're getting close. I, I do. There is a McRibFinder.com. I'm just telling you all the truth. McRibFinder.com. And, and you know what I do when that happens? I go into Walmart and I walk around. Who am I supposed to talk to today, God? Who am I supposed to talk to? You know? And you know what? Sometimes I run into people and it's, I start encouraging them. And sometimes I've walked like, well, I must have missed them today. And I go home. But I don't want to miss the opportunity. What are some other things that you find difficult? Because I don't, I don't want to just keep going and going and going. I, what, what do you find the difficult to, to balance? When you hear God, anything, anybody? 
Come on now. Okay. Okay, you're a caregiver. Well, I'm going to bring this over here. did I picked one and I started trying to encourage them or talk about the Lord to them you know and then after a while then I'll do about I'll start talking to the other one you know so really right now all five of them we talk about the Lord and we uh, the only thing I haven't gotten many of them to church I've been inviting them I have one that's about to come though but uh, I, uh, it's sort of just something I, I, I just always wanted to do and talk about with them and encourage them. And so is that taking impulse of the Lord to do that? Can I tell you that it's not taking impulse of the Lord to talk to somebody about Jesus? You know why? Because he's already commanded you to. Go ye therefore. <laughs> Should never be an impulse to go somebody tell somebody God loves you. Because he's already commanded us to do that. Oh, yeah. Hold on a second. I think this happened to me in 1997. Um, I was on my way to go to a class to become licensed for insurance. I'd been working in insurance for years, but not licensed. And on my way, one day, uh, about 7.15 in the morning, it was on 3rd Street, about two blocks before I got to a certain house. I felt like I needed to stop and tell those people that God loved them. And even back in 97, that was not a safe place to stop at 7-something in the morning by yourself and do that. So I passed up the place, and it just so happened whenever... I felt like stopping at that house I, in the in the vision ahead of time, and I, I wasn't familiar with that. I never noticed it before, but there were bars on the window. On, on, and um, I just kept going. And it bothered me a lot that day that I did not stop. So I apologized to God throughout the day. I am so sorry. I missed it. If I was supposed to do that, I'm sorry. Well, the next morning, on my way going, it came again. And I said, God, I'm very new at this. And um, I'm not asking you out of disobedience, but I am asking you that if it, this is your will, to have someone sitting outside or someone outside in the yard. And when I went there, I was going, I turned in the driveway anyway, and I happened to see there was a lady sitting on the steps and she had been crying. So I just went to her, I said, ma'am, I have not just escaped from Central. <laughs> I said, but I felt like this yesterday but God probably knew I wasn't going to obey. But I'm here today to tell you that God loves you. And I'm praying for you. And, and But she accepted it and she cried and cried and she told me thank you. And I left. I didn't pray with her at the time. I prayed for her later. But it was a learning experience. And the looking at the surroundings, it was not a thing that I could have, that I should have done, except God really inflamed that to do it. And you, sometimes it might be a dangerous situation, but sometimes if it's, you know, if it's God leading you to do that. Amen. And that's another example of couldn't get rid of it, right? Couldn't get rid of it. So the question is, is are we going to allow that voice prompt us or are we going to sit there and let the moment pass by right that because that's what we do a lot of times is we sit there 
you know, and I'll, t- I'll tell you one more story and then, and then I'm going to kind of close it up for you. I just, we need to learn to be, to, to follow the impulses. We, we, we've got to learn to follow the impulses, guys, because we don't know the outcome. If we want to be a believer and say, God, use me, then we've got to be willing to be used. Right? It, it's kind of like, it's kind of like this, you know, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Oh, I ain't doing that. <laughs> you know, you know. Honestly, one of my favorite things to do when, when I first got saved, one of my favorite things to do was clean the bathroom. Nobody wanted to clean the bathrooms. I didn't have to worry about nobody. I want to be all by myself, anyways. I'd be praying, cleaning the toilets. You know, I'm up here today because I don't mind cleaning toilets. I don't mind taking out the trash. I don't mind any of those things. Right? It's because I, I want to be a servant first and foremost, and I want to learn to listen to the voice of God because I know that people's lives are in the balance. Now, some of you have, have heard the story. I, I should have brought his Bible tonight, but I didn't think about it. That there was a young man in our youth ministry named Sean, Sean Washington. He called him Sean, big teddy bear. He grew up in that church, played the drums, started coming to that church when he was in diapers. He was in our youth ministry. He was 20, 21 years old by this time. Just an amazing kid. I call him kid. He always was. Rylan used to sleep on him. You know, he had a belly, and Rylan would lay down on his belly when he was a baby and sleep. He was a big teddy bear. We're in a service one day. He's playing the drums. They're at the altar call, and God says, I want you to go get Deshaun and pray for him. He says, I can't do that. He's playing the drums at the altar. I come up with all kinds of excuses. I really did. I really did. Came up with all kinds of excuses. And finally, I was like, if he stops playing the drums, I'll go get him. And I'm, li- I'm sitting there listening to the song. They're not going to stop playing the drums. <laughs> I had him. Sean stopped playing drums. Dang. So I walked up on the edge because the way there's a pa- platform, and I went over and said, Sean, I-, I need to pray with you, man. So he got up, and he'd come out. And I, I had this feeling inside. It was like, Sean, I... Man, I need to pray with you for salvation. <laughs> How wild was that, right? Been in that church since he was in diapers. Been on a worship team, everything else. And I'm just sitting there like, I am as dumbfounded as can be. Like, this, I am not hearing God, you know. And so, you know what I asked him? I said, Sean, I, said, Sean, I, I just feel like I need to pray with you for salvation, man. Have you ever accepted Jesus as your Savior? So he said, head down. He said, no. I've never prayed it. <laughs> I was like, what? I prayed with him. And can I tell you that that every moment after that, he was bubbly. Bubbly. Like, like I'm talking, he was so bubbly, he made you get mad at times because he was so bubbly about everything. And it was just like, whoa. I don't know, it was a month or two later, him and his brother were playing football out in the front yard. He went for a diving catch. His brother captured him. They slid down in the ditch and hit the back of his head on the cement culvert and he ended up dying in the hospital. What if I would not have listened? Can I tell you that I have tried to, listen, I, it's, to me it's to the point now where if I even think, I don't care if it's me or not, I'm just gonna ask. But can I tell you also that years later, I was in Mexico. We were in Guadalajara, Mexico, actually Topeka, Mexico. Peak. First time they had brought English people back to this church because the last Americans really embarrassed the missionary because they wouldn't eat the food and it was just a mess. And so we're sitting there, man, and we're praying for these people and encouraging them. And it was this one young man that God kept this little light on top of his head. And I was just like, and God said, he needs Jesus. So I went over and he didn't speak a drop of English and I spoke that much Spanish. You know, I can order tacos and things. That's about it. So I went and got the missionary. I said, hey, man, listen, I, I got, I've been praying. God's telling me this man, this, this guy right here needs Jesus. He says, Rich, he said, that's the pastor's son. He's active in the church. He's a leader and everything else. I said, man, I'm, I'm telling you, I just, I know what God said. I know that. And he went and talked to him. That young man had never accepted Christ. He had just been doing the works his whole life. We've got to learn to listen, guys. What if you do mess it up? But what if we don't? The hardest thing for a church person to do is 
is to go tell somebody else something. You don't know. You just don't know. And for me, the hard part is, is I know a lot of things about people. And what I love is, is I'll be sensing something and somebody else will come up and start praying. And honestly, that's why I'll grab somebody else sometimes and say, hey, pray for them. Pray for them. You know, like Jose may be there or somebody. If you're around, pray for them and see what God's saying. Because I know what God's telling me and I want a confirmation so we can join in. But we need people to do that because guess what? Out on the streets, we need people to do that. Out on the streets, walk up and pray for somebody. Say, hey, man, listen. You know, I just sense God saying this about you right now, and I just want to encourage you or pray for you or whatever. You don't know. We've got to be led by the impulses of the Holy Spirit because lives are at stake. And, again, I could have gone through all kind of scriptures that would back up my claim, but you guys know those already. It's the reality of it. It's the reality of it. So Sunday, when we're in here and, and, you know, when we're at the altar praying and God speaks something to you, come on up and come tell me, Pastor, I need to pray for them. God gave me a word. I'll stand there with you because you know why? I was praying for a person a couple weeks ago in Bentley, and I knew exactly what I was praying for, but I was praying in the spirit. And somebody else from the church walked up and began to speak a word over him, and I just smiled. I said that was exactly what I was praying for. And it encouraged them to know that that's what it was. And then somebody else came up. It's like, yep, that's exactly. So it's encouraging to do that. But guys, we've got to be led by the, by the Holy Spirit because if we're going to call ourselves Pentecostal, that means we're free. We allow the Spirit to move through us. And, and we've got to learn to hear it, what we're praying for, what we're praying against. Amen. So listen, so tonight I'm going to ask if there's anyone here that doesn't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Doesn't matter about how long we've been in church. People can, I'll say, backslide sitting in the pew. Amen. But if we don't know Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we, we've already lost it. Amen. So maybe there's somebody online tonight that needs Jesus. You can put that number up there, and I'm going to pray. And I want you.